0: But on the way coming We were singing a very old song Have a message from the Lord Hallelujah I don't know if any of you can remember that I Have a message of the Lord to give It's a very old song We were singing that So that's With the confidence I come then Blood We've all got it I'm going to tell you a story Before I even Start speaking about blood My son when he was three I was watching him, I just take my daughter to school, she was five, and I was looking at my son and I thought, you've got bruises. And I was watching, and I was seeing more bruises, and more bruises. My mind started whirling, and I rushed him round to the clinic. She's mind was whirling, I rushed down to the doctor, got to the doctor, get him to the hospital. My mind straight away was thinking of leukaemia they'd done blood tests and they called us in and I can never say it right and I've got a nurse here. <laughs> it's thrombocytopenia. 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 It's when the, it's not, the blood is not clotting and you're hemorrhaging inside. Now in old money, his blood count should have been 300. When I got into the hospital, his blood count was 45. And he was getting more bruised and more bruised and more bruised. We laid him in a bed and he seemed fine. He seemed okay. But there was hardly a part of his body that didn't have a bruise on. And it was different because if you pressed it, it didn't hurt. Because it wasn't like from an accident. It was because his blood wasn't clotting. It was Easter and the children on the children's ward were going home and it was Maundy Thursday. I said, can I take Adam home? And she said, you must be very, very, very careful. You've got to be careful. Any problem, you come back. Those that know my husband know he's a quiet man. But on Good Friday, I heard my husband yelling. And I ran in the bathroom, and it looked like someone had slipped their throat. There was blood everywhere, and he was hemorrhaging. Well, I think you broke every... Three minutes. Just pouring. I mean, it wasn't just like a normal hemorrhage. I think we broke every uh, speed limit as we got him in that car and got him there. And they'd got the, they'd called in the um, doctors and everything. And I remember this young doctor crying, and Adam went, "Oh, don't cry." <laughs> he didn't know what was the matter. And foolishly, the doctor thought I was the brave one, and so said to me. His blood count's gone down to five. I said, what are you telling me? Is my son going to die? She said, I don't know. We went into a darkened room. She said, what we're going to do is we're going to give him some Valium and we're going to give him complete blood transfusion. It went wrong. So we was in this darkened room, little room, There was a male nurse with him on his lap with a pillow there, pillow there, pillow there because if it hit his head or anything he would have hemorrhaged and died. Ian phoned everyone he knew and people he didn't know and there was a church in Dagenham. I think it was a gypsy church. And the pastor stood up and he said to his congregation there's a little boy and we need his blood count to come up. So we're going to start praying there was nothing they could do there was absolutely no medication, there was nothing at all he just laid in this male nurse's arms with cushions around him the curtains closed and us having to watch more bruises and more bruises next day she said it's 11 next day it's 22 50. 80. The doctor called me and he said, could you tell your God we're there? It's for over 300 now.
1: <laughs>
0: He's in remission. He's now 42. It's still classified as remission. He's done white, white colour boxing. He does every sort of going. It's not remission. The Lord healed him. Blood. we all got it. We all need it. there was nothing special about Adam's blood other than it all went wrong. But we're going to talk about a different kind of blood today. So if with me you'd like to open your Bible at 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 17 to 21. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work, live your lives as... Hang am I reading the wrong one? Yes, I am. Live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not that we perish. perishable Sorry, that it's not perishable things such as silver or gold that you're redeemed from an empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Precious blood, it's the only blood ever to be called precious or holy. This Bible is drenched in blood. It's drenched in blood. The Old Testament is filled The sacrificial animals, blood being sacrificed over and over again. And in the New Testament, the precious blood of Jesus. In Leviticus 17 verse 11, it says that the life is in the blood, the soul. We all know the story of Exodus 12. We all know about the Passover lamb. We know that they put the blood round the lentils. 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 Not what you eat. Lentils. Get it wrong every time. But it had to be put round there and God saw it and so the angel of death would go over because they saw the blood the blood from there on animals were sacrificed over and over and over and over and over and over again and if we read Leviticus which isn't the most exciting, I don't think but to read but if we read through it and chapter 16, it explains how this was to be done. First, the priests would have an animal sacrificed for their own sin before they sacrificed. Blood would be sprinkled on the altar, It'd be put in a bowl, it'd be sprinkled over the altar, it'd be sprinkled on the altar. It'd be sprinkled over people. It had to be applied. There was no good keeping it in the bowl. It had to be applied. I think today we'd find that rather difficult, wouldn't we? How do you just standing up here, pastor, with us bringing a few animals in and a few to slaughter and sprinkle us with blood? It must have been quite gruesome, really, when you think about it, mustn't it? It wasn't pretty, a pretty sight, was it? But it was no more, in fact, it was nowhere near as horrific as what they'd done to our Jesus. Can we read Isaiah 53 4 to 10, a very well known passage that you all know? Isaiah 53. Surely he took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquity and the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. And we like sheep have gone astray, each has turned from his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth and he was led like a lamb to the slaughter as a sheep before the shearers in silence. He did not open his mouth and by oppression and judgment he was taken away. That's what they've done to our Jesus. That's what they've done to him. Horrific picture. Those that have seen, what was that film that what's it gives them done, you know, the passion that was probably as near as anyone could imagine what they'd done to our Jesus Jesus' precious blood precious blood was shed that we might live that we might have life that we might have redemption that we can be sanctified that we can go to heaven that we can have a relationship with God, that we can have life and have it more abundantly. He shed his blood. It started in Gethsemane, where he was praying so fervently that he he sweat drops of blood. And then they were pulling his beard out pulling it out there was blood that horrendous whipping that the soldiers done tying him up it wasn't a smack on the back these whips were awful things with bits of bone in them as they whipped our Jesus whipped him done nothing wrong and his blood had been pouring out of his back it probably came round and hit his face and it could have been anywhere and that blood was being shed they weren't happy with that they went and got the most spiteful spiteful thorns that they could find and they bound them to make a crown and they didn't place them on our Jesus' head they forced it into his head those would have gone into his brow and that blood would have poured they laid him down. They sprung his arms open. They tied his arms up with rope and then with the enormous great nails, bashed the nails as hard as they could into his hands and his feet. More blood was shed for me and you. The one sacrifice that never had to be repeated Wounded for me, wounded for you. There on the cross he was wounded. Never to have to happen again. It is finished, he shouted out. That must have been much more gruesome than seeing people walking in with their their doves and their goats and their cows to see our Jesus. We used to sing a lot of songs when I was young about the blood of Jesus. Who can wash me white as snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We don't seem to sing them much now. John the Baptist knew who this man was as he was coming up towards him. In John 1 he said, Look, there's a Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I wonder if he knew exactly what he meant when he said the Lamb. Because it wasn't the gentle little Lamb in the field. It was the lamb that was going to be slaughtered for you and me and the world. The lamb who was going to die and bleed and raise again, praise the Lord, for the sins of the world. Jesus' precious blood, not like any animals, not like any other human beings, the only blood that can be called holy blood, a once and for all sacrifice. For what? Well, it's that we might have life and have it to the full. It's that we might be forgiven for our sins. You know, it's so lovely. Ian goes into prison, as you know. And one of the things Ian always says, and sometimes we're standing when we're together, sometimes we're standing in in front of quite very naughty men. Very naughty. And yet Ian will always say the same thing. I see potential in you. I see potential in you. He always says that. And that's what Jesus, that's what Jesus says to them. Forgiveness of sins. Mine are bad enough, but the sins of the world? For deliverance. To be delivered from that habitual thing that has perhaps crippled us. To be delivered from wrong thoughts and horrible things that are going on. To be delivered from it that we haven't got to carry it anymore. To be totally and absolutely delivered because of his blood. Healing. My son was healed because of the blood of Jesus. His blood was wrong. But the blood of Jesus healed my son. And healed thousands and thousands and thousands of people. The blood of Jesus. And sanctification that I can have a relationship with now to Father God. You know, I could phone you up and I might get an answer machine. Or if I want to try and see someone, I might say, let me look in my diary. But you know what? Because of the blood of Jesus, I can go straight to the throne of God. I can go straight there. He might say, you know, who are you? You're not one. Did you see the... Uh, the uh, marching of the colours yesterday, did you see it all? Wasn't it grand? Wasn't it wonderful? Wasn't it lovely? I could say, I saw the king. The angle of fog is I am. Eh? But my king, your king, knows us. He knows us by name. He knows how many hairs we've got in our head. He knows us because of the blood of Jesus. We're in the same situation as the Israelites were when they had to put the blood around the doorposts. God is looking for the blood on us. He's looking for the blood in our heart of Jesus Christ. He's looking for repentance of sin that his son, that he sent. He's looking for cleansed hearts. The Last Supper must have been very, very confusing to the disciples when Jesus offered the bread and the wine saying, eat this in remembrance of me and drink this, this is my blood because throughout the Old Testament it tells you it's it's wrong, it's abhorrent to drink blood or eat blood they must have thought, what's this man talking about? They didn't even know that he was going to be crucified then and yet Jesus was saying to them, "Drink, drink this in remembrance of me, drink this this is my blood they must have thought, what? what is this man talking about? I say ever so carefully and not unreverently, there's nothing magical about this. It's a juice, it's a a bit of wine, there's nothing in it unless it's applied, unless it's done for the reason that Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Take this into your life and remember that my blood was shed for you. You, me, personally. That blood, that, that horrific scene that I've described was done for me and for you. And yet sometimes we could perhaps come along to church and take it and it was no different than when we had our cup of coffee. It didn't mean much. It's his lifeblood, his life sacrifice that we can come to this table and then all of a sudden it's not an ordinary cup. It's not an ordinary bread. It's a remembrance. It's a memorial. It's a special, special occasion. When we come together, we become one because it's called communion. We come together as communion some people call it a love feast. I think that's a lovely name. A love feast. We come together because the love of Christ Jesus shed his blood for me and for you. Do you remember that old song who can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing else can. I can go to counselors, I can share with you, I can go to confession, nothing unless I apply the blood of Jesus and come to that place where I can kneel at the cross and see and remember what Jesus has done for me, what you've done for you, and ask to please, Lord, please forgive my sin, give me the life that you've told me you're giving me, the life. It's more, you know, that I can enjoy because you are within me I want that communion with you I want that relationship with God but it was costly so, so costly it cost him everything It cost, you know, we've been thinking about an, oh gosh, I, it breaks my heart I can't think what it must have been like I could have lost my son I didn't, but these some people today are mourning today because their son or their daughter died. (coughs) God knew exactly what that was like. I'm going to try and sing a song to you. My voice is a bit croaky, but I'm going to try.
1: I was a wretch, I remembered who I was. I was lost, I was blind, I was running out of time. Sin separated, the bridge was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your sight. So you made a way across the great divide. Let heaven throng. To build it here inside, and there on the cross, you paid the debt I owed, broke my chains, freed my soul. For the first time, I had hope. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus. It has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life. Brought me from the darkness into glorious light. You took my place, laid inside my tomb of sin. You were buried for three days, but you've all tried out again. And now death has no, sting and life has no end. For I have been transformed by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus, you have saved my life, brought me from the darkness into glorious light. There is nothing stronger than the wonder-working power. For the blood applied Thank you, Jesus It has washed me white Thank you, Jesus You have saved my life Brought me from the darkness Into glorious light Brought me from the darkness into glory.